0: Hello, I'm Manila Chan. You're tuned into Modus Operandi. There's been great fanfare made over the green movement out here in the West, especially in the way of trash and recycling. But are the numbers reported by the U.S. and European Union really as good as they sound? Today, we'll be talking trash. Literally. As Western states scramble to fulfill their green ambitions, we'll unpack all the garbage and find out what's really going on with all that rubbish talk coming from the politicians. All right, let's get into the MO. By now, most of you watching this are familiar with the push to recycle. There are special bin colors with special logos printed on them all over the Western world. Public officials talk about net zero or carbon neutral, recycle, reduce, reuse, because Western landfills are packed to the gills, especially when it comes to plastics. But what they're not telling you is that less than 10% of plastics that you drop into that blue bin are actually recyclable, and it's not likely staying within your home country. It's being shipped off to a developing nation for them to sort out, Recycle, if possible, and the rest? Well, that's also for that country to figure out. Meanwhile, Western politicians can publicly boast about how good their policies are working, be it in the US, Germany, France, everyone. wherever. But hey, they're delivering on promises that they made to their constituents, right? So here to break down the reality of this garbage is Magaswari Sangaralingam, Magus is a researcher at Friends of the Earth Malaysia. You can learn more about their work at foe-malaysia.org. Magus, thank you so much for joining us. First, talk to us a little bit about the work that you and your group are doing in Malaysia and why there is such urgency to address the so-called waste trade. Okay, um, I'm a senior research officer with uh,
1: Friends of the Earth Malaysia and also the Consumers Association of Penang. We are members of the Global Alliance for Incinerator Alternatives, in short we call it GAIA, and also Break Free from Plastic. So in 2017, our organisation, through uh, GAIA's project, had started research on the impacts of waste trade. We were tracking the movement of plastic waste uh, globally. So during that time, there was news about containers of waste left um, in the pots in Malaysia. Um, and also upon learning China's notification to the World Trade Organization, that happened in mid-2017, um, and uh, China had um, uh, informed about the intention to impose a ban on uh, 24 types of waste, including plastic waste in pots. So we anticipated uh, cascading problems to Malaysia, And uh, we had already cautioned the Malaysian government at that time itself that Malaysia may become the next destination for this waste. We did get a response from the department that was in charge saying that it had formulated uh, specific rules to control plastic waste imports and they will also impose uh, stringent requirements on premises and also import licences. However, what we found was the control measures and enforcement uh, were proven not adequate based on waste dumping and uh, mushrooming of uh, illegal recycling factories in many parts of Malaysia, especially uh, near the seaports where the waste was coming through. So this happened in 2018, not only in Malaysia but also other Southeast Asian countries such as uh, Indonesia and Thailand. Uh, Communities and civil society organisations in those countries had started highlighting the adverse impacts of the waste dumping uh, on their health and also on the environment. Yeah, um, some of this waste that could not be recycled were just dumped in remote areas, and some were burnt. Some of these were intentionally burnt here yeah, to just um, you know because there was so much of waste they wanted to cover it up, and they burnt it. So besides the air pollution, burning our soils and uh, water bodies were also polluted. So this was a really an urgent issue to be addressed, as we do not want our country to bear the brunt of waste trade. Our tagline was, we are not a dumping ground
0: at that time. Now, it seems that offshoring waste is a really big industry. Uh, Much of the rubbish is coming from Western nations and being sent off to still developing nations, many in the Asia-Pacific Rim. What sort of impact does this have on the local population, Um, like health consequences, perhaps other issues that most people in the West are not aware of?
1: Uh, Well, I must say, the global uh, production and trade of plastic waste uh, had grown tremendously over the recent decades. Plastic waste is mostly traded under the banner of uh, plastic recycling. Uh, But what we are saying is a rich and developed country should actually have the capacity to manage its own waste. Shifting their responsibility to developing and mostly under-resourced countries is really an injustice. We call this waste colonialism. So what happens in the recipient countries, uh, as I mentioned, much of the plastic is uh, single-use and of little or no recycling value or, or very low uh, recycling value. However, it is still destined for recycling operations, although not all of those plastics can be recycled. Uh, moreover, what we saw in reality uh, coming into our shores were mixed plastics and contaminated waste. Yeah? And uh, these waste cannot be recycled. These are called residual waste. The residual waste are the ones that were being dumped openly in remote areas and then intentionally burnt. When the waste is burnt, the toxic fumes cause respiratory problems and other ailments uh, to the neighbouring communities. Some suffered from breathing difficulties, asthma, skin problems, and this may also lead to chronic illnesses in the uh, long run. For instance, uh, in Surabaya, Indonesia, it was reported that communities were using plastic waste, uh, which had come in their uh, imported paper waste, to fuel their stoves for making tofu, uh, which is a bean curd. Dioxins were also found in eggs from uh, chickens in the neighbourhood. So, What we are saying is the cost and burden to public health and, and the environment, it far outweighs the revenue that are perpetually gained from recycling and waste trade. Uh, Another issue that I would like to share is uh, there is also what we call hidden plastics. These come in the form of plastics in imports of paper bales, as I mentioned, what had happened in Surabaya. Also plastics in electronic and electrical products. Um, There's also textile waste. Most of our textile is actually a lot of, it uh, contains plastic synthetic materials, rubber and tire waste. And then there is also refuse derived fuel. These are mixed um, waste which contains about 30 to 50% of plastic waste. Uh, uh, Another matter is we also need to consider the impacts of microplastics. This can be formed uh, during the recycling process and it also ends up in our water bodies and uh, pollutes our water bodies. Uh, What we did was, when we were going uh, in our rounds here, the Malaysian Stop Waste Trade Coalition, we went on our rounds to areas that had become dumping grounds in 2018 in Malaysia, and um, some of these waste had not been cleared and some of it has, the plastic waste had disintegrated and we found a lot of uh, microplastics. We call these uh, microplastics from legacy waste. So these are some of the issues that we have to contend with, yeah?
0: Yeah, microplastics are a very toxic and pervasive problem. It, it's also known to cause a uh, reduction of sperm count in human males, even animals, and, and longer term health problems. So in 2021, There was an ecological crisis that most people didn't hear about because it happened in the throes of the the COVID pandemic. A container ship crashed along the coast of Sri Lanka, spilling nearly 2,000 tons of plastic pellets and nearly 10,000 tons of toxic chemicals into the ocean water. Now, I know this isn't directly uh, a result of the rubbish transfer, but I thought it worth mentioning, especially since plastic pellets are what get melted down to make other plastic goods, uh, like water bottles and so forth that people eventually discard into the waste trade. Can you tell us what happened with that spill? Okay, um, that spill
1: happened in uh, May, 2021. The cargo ship, uh, the name is Express Pearl. It caught fire outside of uh, Sri Lanka. So after the first wave of air pollution due to the fire, the second wave of pollutants uh, hit the beaches. Uh, This consisted of uh, lost cargo, including billions of uh, plastic pellets, which are microplastics, which I mentioned just now. Uh, And these are used to produce plastics. So this incident has been described as the worst in uh, Sri Lanka's history. Okay, uh, What was on board of the ship? Um, There were 1,486 shipping containers. Of those, 81 were classified as dangerous goods because it contained nitric acid and caustic soda. Um, The others uh, that were reported to contain a mixture of uh, several tons of um, toxic epoxy resin, plastics, oil and um, metals such as lead and copper. So, following the fire, the contents of the containers started to leak out into the environment. Um, At that time, uh, this led to fishing being prohibited in large areas along the coast of uh, Sri Lanka. Hundreds of dead turtles were found floating ashore, and tons and uh, tons of waste uh, filling, uh, started filling the beaches. So according to the UN Environmental Advisory, uh, advisory Mission, yeah, um, the ship carried 1,680 tons of plastic pellets. So they did a calculation, um, um, approximately 0.02 grams per pallet, and uh, that equaled to roughly 84 billion pallets. Just imagine that, you know, 84 billion. Uh, although they don't know exactly how much of the pellets leaked out, the sheer amount indicates that this is the largest spill on record yeah? ever. Um, initial modelling suggested that the spilled pellets not only reach the coastlines of uh, Sri Lanka, but it may also reach uh, Indonesia, Malaysia, and uh, to the uh, west, to even to Somalia. Yeah. Um, so although they did massive cleanup, it is not possible to remove all the pellets from the environment, and uh, these are expected to have far reaching uh, consequences. Yeah? Um, and right now, we see that the plastic pollution um, is not only spilling at sea, but during land transport, it is also becoming uh, more common. Yeah? Um, and the toxic nature of chemicals and additives in the plastics means that the spills will have a wide range of negative effects on the environment. And, Finally, subsequently to uh, human health also. So to learn more about this uh, particular incident, uh, do check out the publication by the International Pollutants Elimination Network, (IPEN) and the Center for Environmental Justice, Sri Lanka.
0: And coming up next, missing the mark. The majority of European Union states will miss their plastic recycling goals. Find out what they're doing about it next. We'll discuss it when we return with Magaswari Sangaralingam. Sit tight, the MO will be right back. You probably heard my little sister's story, Katelyn, the model girl that had got killed. Y'all probably seen it all over the news on 70, 30 She got shot in the drive by shooting. Uh, my brother Terrell, he was shot and killed by helping a friend unload uh, drums into the church. So now I never look at churches as being a safe ground. I got shot and lost my leg. That, that's the outcome of it, but everything's still the same. Ain't nothing changed. The Chicago police is the biggest gang in Chicago. It's like you get pulled over by the police, you literally think your life is over, man. That's another crime scene, another one lost. Oh, this could have been a doctor, a nurse, could have been the next president. But we can't keep losing our people out here. за военных, которые погибают. Но они достойны защищать нашу Родину. По нам начали стрелять украинские. Мне ногу ранили. Вот так вот. Я чуть-чуть остался шрам. Фашисты первыми наступали на нашу землю. А мы защищали ее, терпели, погибали. Но они все равно идут прямо до победы. Welcome back to The MO. I'm Manila Chan. 2024 is set to be a major election year here in the U.S., but also for many in the EU. Many parliamentary seats are up for grabs, so politicians are scrambling to meet their promises made, or at least appear to be making inroads, especially when it comes to going green. Magaswari Sangaralingam is from Friends of the Earth Malaysia. She is back with us to discuss it. Thank you for staying with us, Magas. So over in the EU, uh, a new report issued by the European Commission this summer indicates that 19 out of 27 EU states are at risk of missing their plastics recycling targets. Their collective goal was to recycle 50% of their plastic waste. Now, it doesn't appear that they'll get there by 2025. The EU was under pressure ahead of elections next year. It's been documented that since the EU set such ambitious climate and environmental goals for themselves that they're unable to meet, that the EU states surreptitiously present how well they're doing by simply offshoring the waste to Turkey. Turkey has, in fact, uh, become Europe's landfill, taking in some 40 percent of EU trash, according to Bloomberg. What are your thoughts on that, especially on how the politicians are misrepresenting how good they are on environmental issues?
1: Yes, um, uh, not only in the EU, households in the US, Japan, most of the developed countries, they were vigilantly separating their waste to be recycled. Yes, uh, many were not aware that their waste was being transported overseas and uh, mostly to developing countries, supposedly to be recycled. Yeah, um, as you had mentioned, yeah, the EU has gained economically and environmentally by shipping their plastic waste to countries uh, such as Turkey, which is an OECD country, and uh, to Malaysia. Yeah? And uh, they were not taking into consideration the hazardous working conditions and also the toxic leakage to nearby communities. Mm -hmm. We find that this is extremely unjust. Mm -hmm. Uh, The EU should not let other countries to bear the responsibility of their waste in the name of trade, especially sending out their waste to weaker economies that have um, less ability to manage imported waste, in addition to having our own uh, plastic waste. Um, so, effective waste management, uh, we feel, is, should be based on the principles of proximity. You should take responsibility of your own waste. So, what we have been campaigning is for EU to take responsibility of the waste that they are generating. Uh, what happened in uh, October 2022, um, as I mentioned, we are also members of the Break Free From Plastic movement. Um, this movement and Rethink Plastic Alliance strongly advocated for the EU to end the export of plastic waste outside the European Union to both OECD countries uh, such as Turkey and also non-OECD countries, for example, uh, Malaysia. Um, The Malaysia Stop Waste Trade Coalition and other NGOs sent letters to the members in the European Parliament. Uh, And finally, the European Parliament Environment Committee uh, voted in favour of a ban on uh, EU plastic waste exports and also uh, stronger safeguarding measures for intra-EU plastic waste shipments. So within EU itself, uh, they were also um, transporting the waste to uh, lower economic countries, Uh, to be uh, either to be processed or um, uh, uh, put it into incinerators. Um, And uh, they had a vote that showed that EU acknowledged how plastic waste exports act as a loophole, you know, when they can, they're still exporting. So it also continued with high level of uh, plastic being produced in EU yeah, and also being consumed. And uh, so after the vote uh, in January 2023, the EU parliament adopted uh, its negotiating for the position for talks with other EU governments on the new law to revise uh, EU procedures and also control measures for waste treatments. So we hope that all the, um, you know, countries in uh, nations in EU Will um, take uh, con- consideration of the you know the injustice that is happening in the developing countries, yeah. um, and you know you know this politicians should you know uh, take con- consideration of all these uh, issues and uh, take responsibility of their own waste. So when you are starting to uh, worry about how do we process this waste, what do we do, we, or what do we, how do we treat it, then. You know, they will maybe take upstream measures by stopping or limiting the production of uh, plastics.
0: For decades, China was actually taking in nearly half of the world's plastic waste. Suddenly in 2018, the Chinese brought an abrupt end to this practice. Uh, much of that waste was coming from the EU, roughly 55 million tons of plastics, cardboard, paper, and so forth. It, it all had nowhere to go. The Chinese cited that the mountains of trash were too what they called impure for them to continue to recycle and said that now their rules for recycling were more stringent than that of the EU. Now they are only accepting certain paper trash with a total ban on plastics. What do you make of this move by China?
1: Yeah, we applaud China for taking this stringent action Uh, China was forced to burn or bury the residual waste from other countries that couldn't be recycled. So this led to massive environmental pollution and uh, public health impacts in the host communities processing uh, this imported plastic waste. So China responded to calls to clean up its act by banning the importation of plastic waste, and it focused on the collection and recycling of plastic waste, which were generated domestically. Uh, But however, after China enforced its ban, we started seeing how illegal trade in plastic waste had surged. This was since 2018. And criminal groups have also sought to exploit the massive market disruption uh, prompted by China's decision to ban plastic waste imports. Countries in uh, Southeast Asia, South Asia and Eastern Europe, they bore the brunt of this uh, growing criminal activity as uh, plastic waste shipments from Europe and North America were diverted to our countries. Yeah. Uh, this is also uh, you know, reported by Interpol. Yeah. And um, How does this illegal trade happen? It happens through false declaration of the consignment. Um, they say this is uh, not plastic waste. So it is, um, you know, it, the, the customs would not be uh, inspecting those uh, waste. And another thing, we also saw illegal uh, recycling pl- plants popping up in Malaysia. Mostly uh, investors uh, from China were doing it. They were operating without permits. They also used low-end technology and uh, environmentally harmful methods of disposal. Um, uh, You know, what they did was just uh, uh, dump it or burn it. And uh, we are also increasingly seeing investors from China opening up uh, paper and plastic recycling plants in Malaysia. Most of these plants have on-site incinerators to burn the residual waste. Um, so now we have to bear the brunt again from toxic air pollution, ash disposal, and our rivers being polluted. So when uh, one country stops importing, then you know the other countries are bearing the brunt of this uh, waste trade.
0: When we look at the the business of exporting rubbish, looking at uh, which countries create the waste, and later where that trash goes, there's no denying that the global South is bearing the brunt of what some have characterized as environmental imperialism. Uh, you have said waste imperialism or even colonialism. Obviously, trash, climate change, the environment, all of this is a, a joint global effort, but, um, Are are the wealthier nations simply just subjecting the poorer nations to the direct or or immediate impacts of mounting trash, meaning the wealthy nations get to live on the convenience of using stuff like single-use plastics on the backs of the poor? Yeah, my short answer is yes, this is happening.
1: but then you see plastic is used in virtually every industry yeah? in various forms. Uh, it's in our packaging, it's in our clothes, it's in our electrical uh, products in electronic components. It's, a lot of it is in the consumer products and even in our cars, so for transportation and construction. So uh, what we need to look at it is like in this case, we need to look at plastic in its entirety. Yeah? Uh, to address plastic pollution across its entire life cycle. Uh, developed countries, they tend to recycle high-quality plastic uh, in, the, uh, in their own countries, and then they export the low worth uh, plastics to developing countries. And uh, this is burdening our countries with environmental pollution. It also risks the health of our communities and poses uh, occupational hazards to workers arising from the processing of these materials. Um, you were mentioning it as environmental imperialism, what we are calling is uh, waste colonialism. So we need to end this waste colonialism or environmental imperialism. Um, We are not a dumping ground. However, if you just ban plastic waste uh, trade or exports without reducing plastic production, it will likely trigger more dumping and cause toxic pollution, and also this will contribute to the climate crisis. So what is needed is a Global Plastics Treaty to address these issues. So uh, civil society organizations and some of the governments have been campaigning uh, for this Global Plastics Treaty. And uh, last year, the United Nations Environment uh, Assembly unanimously adopted a resolution to end uh, plastic pollution. So the mandate calls for addressing plastic pollution in all environments through a comprehensive approach uh, uh, addressing the full plastics life cycle. Yeah. Uh, so this will also mean in terms of the extraction of fossil fuels to make these plastics and its chemicals. Yeah? So we view that the crisis of plastic pollution should be achieved from upstream by reducing the overall amount of plastic production. We need to phase out and ban unnecessary single-use plastics and also unrecyclable plastic. We also have to address the toxics in plastics yeah? and uh, subsequently uh, the toxics uh, recycling. So um uh, what we have been calling for is like look at plastics at uh, its entire life cycle and um yeah banning uh plastic waste trade is one of the options, but you need to also have upstream measures to stop production of more plastics.
0: Magaswari Sangha Ralingam, thank you so much for your time and expertise. Magus is a researcher at Friends of the Earth Malaysia. You can learn more about their work at foe malaysia.org. So, as you can see, the green movement isn't exactly what it purports to be. Now, that's not to say that all efforts are in vain, but we all share this one planet. You can't just shove off your waste to another place and say, I'm doing so good for the environment. That's just lipstick on a pig. So, we hope this episode delivered some transparency there. That's going to do it for this episode of Modus Operandi, the show that digs deep into foreign policy and current affairs. I'm your host, Manila Chan. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you again next time to figure out the M.O.